It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. From NJ.com and the Star Ledger, welcome to the Rutgers Rant, your one-stop podcast for the Scarlet Knights. With your host, Steve Politi and Rutgers Insiders, Keith Sargent and James Cratch. Let's start shopping. Hello, everybody. Steve Politi, NJ Vance Media. Welcome back to the Rutgers Rant. A great day in Rutgers history. Fellas, I'm not talking about Saturday, of course. We will eventually talk about Saturday, but we're going to start. We're going to start with Field High. We're going to start with Gianna Glatz, Terry Burns, Meredith Civico, Medford, New Jersey. All the players seem like they're from Medford, New Jersey. I don't know why that is. You can tell I've done some research here. Although, uh, Carrie, uh, Carrie Burns? Terry, Terry, Terry or Carrie Burns? Damn it, I got it wrong, Cratch. Which one is it? Tell me. Carrie Burns. Carrie Burns. Ireland. Northern Ireland, in fact. Yes, yes. I, I watched the video. She's got the great uh, Irish accent. Uh, the first Big Ten tournament championship in Rutgers history. Yes, we're going to start there because football is a debacle. We're certainly spent a lot of time talking about football, but let's talk about the good thing, right? Cratch, you were on site, a one nothing victory over Michigan, which seems fitting if you're going to win a Big Ten championship yes. to beat the Wolverines. What was the scene? Take, take, me, uh, take me on to field hockey here. You know, it was an incredible scene. You know, I think you, know, you had a big crowd that was really into it. You know, the, the incredible thing about Michigan is I wrote this in my story. It felt like Michigan had more players on the field the whole time. Like they just were all over the place with their like highlighter yellow or maize uniforms. And they actually, for the last five minutes, they, I didn't know this until I've never seen it before. You can pull the goalie in field really? hockey. Yeah, wow. you can. Okay. And actually, the That's... rules kind of like work in your uh, advantage because I, I didn't know this, but like it's not like in hockey where like you can just fire a shot from across the ice and if it goes in, it's a goal. You can't do that in field hockey. Really? So, Why not? Yeah, so That's it's not actually, fair. So, yes, exactly. So they pull the goalie with five minutes to go and they, and they really kind of control possession. But Rutgers just gritty, gutty, you know, kept fending off the onslaught, fending off the onslaught, and then the clock ran out. I mean, look. An incredible story. They're not the first Big Ten champion in school history. Obviously, women's soccer with the regular season title, you have to acknowledge that. But first tournament mm-hmm. champion in history. And if you go back to it, Meredith Civica was a all-state you know, f- player in high school in New Jersey. I think she went to Ocean, um, uh, Ocean Township. Uh, I might be wrong. I'll check that in a second. She didn't get recruited by Rutgers. It's like this wow, classic Rutgers great. origin story. Unbelievable. They don't recruit the all-state player in their backyard. Then she becomes a coach, gets to Rutgers. She gets hired by Tim Pernetti at age 28 to take over a, a program that was just completely an afterthought on campus, and she's built them into a Big Ten champion. Now the number one overall seed in the NCAA tournament. There's only 18 teams in the tournament. This team is two wins away at home from going to the Final Four. They're four wins away from winning a national title, wow. yeah. and they've beaten the teams that are seeded two and three. 
Yeah. Oh, that's that's a pretty yeah, good sign. More, excuse me. I mean, this is a team that could very likely win the whole thing. Yeah, I, I, it's significant. It's the first. It's good to be the first in something. And we should mention, you know, you mentioned the women's soccer, the first Big Ten champion. That wasn't, you know, that was two weeks ago, right? A week ago. Well, that was very recent uh, that the women's soccer team strapped a trophy into their bus out in uh, Indiana, Illinois. Um, so hey, look, two that those are two good moments. The overall, all what was the what was the cliche charge? Uh, all ships rise with the water. What was that again? Uh, the, the rising, rising tide lifts all boats. There you go. There you go. By the way, I was Ocean Thank City you. High School, Merritt Civica, a little bit right. further south. Right. Uh, why does this matter, Sarge? Give me, give me, give me the perspective of, of why we should care about these two teams and what they're doing. It matters because because the first five six years in Big Ten play, uh, we 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 have you know, written about it countless times uh, of just how, um, you know, must they've struggled in a Big Ten play. It wasn't just football. It wasn't just men's basketball. You know, it, with the exception of women's basketball and women's soccer, you know, all the programs uh, uh, had struggled. And it was basically because the on-ramp to get to the Big Ten, um, you know, was so steep that they, that they, they for years, they struggled, you know, in, in the Big East and then the American Athletic Conference. And, you know, a lot of these programs just weren't prepared. I talked to Pat Hobbs about it late last week and you know and he you know he, he says it's a simple formula you, you, you hire really good coaches which which he believes he has and then you you give them resources and they have and you know and, and the resources are are rwj barnabas which you know several programs are are, are taken advantage of um there you know it's the rodkin center which you know state of the art you know you know for 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 women's soccer men's soccer and and, and the lacrosse programs as well as the academic uh, component and you know you even even field hockey has taken advantage of, of you know improved locker rooms and and you know their their playing surface you know you know you know is one of the best in the country so you know he's really given them them the resources it matters because you know now, now they can say with the exception of you know I guess we're going to talk about football right I mean you know in a, in a minute but with the, <laughs> the exception of football, of football. Um, you know if we could be honest about that you know the, you know every program. Um, you know, is 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 pro- starting to prove that they belong in the Big Ten. Maybe baseball too. I, I think might and, and softball might be you know a little a little bit of ways away before they can say that they're Big Ten level elite. But for the most part, both lacrosse teams last year, field hockey, both soccer teams, both basketball teams. I mean, you know, you're looking at it. And of course, after the football fiasco, you know, the first email that I get in my inbox is, of course, Rutgers doesn't belong in the Big Ten. Same here. Same here. Of course, every time. It, well, there you go. I've got, I mean, I've got 15 teams that are proving the exact opposite. So I think that that's an important place to start because uh, that's the good news. Well, I think we've, to... we've said this a lot on the podcast. I know I've said it. The field hockey, women's soccer, men's lacrosse, these are sports that the State University of New Jersey should always be good in. And when you are in the Big Ten, you can be elite in them. Right. I think we're finally seeing that happen. Right. All right. That's the good news. Do we want to um... – I guess we have to. We're a football podcast. Uh, the football game was not good. And I, I crotch you, you, you hit the nail on the head with your film review, which really wasn't much to review, that it was, the, you know, one of the worst blowouts that I've seen in recent history. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't, um, and what, here's what bothered me. <laughs> and this, you know, uh, it's 31 to 3 at halftime. And that's bad. And then, then they had their bad quarter, the third quarter, in which they gave up 240 yards, three touchdowns. You know, this, uh, Wisconsin pretty much was tr- stopped trying, was running the ball up and down the field. Uh, 
they missed tackles, non-competitive. I don't like to say a team quit, but Sarge, I mean, you're watching this you're, second half of that game. I mean, what do you come away with when, when you see that performance? I mean, it was just, it was kind of disgraceful. I think you said, like, unless there's overwhelming evidence that, that you know, to the, con- you know, that, that, you know, they, they, their tackling was, was brutal in the third quarter and, and, you know, they couldn't move the ball. So, yeah, I mean, I quit say, saying a team quit, you know, is tough, but yeah, they, that, that was a really, really, really poor effort. Um, we said going in and, uh, you know, look, I mean, I picked Rutgers to cover. I think Cratch might've done the same, but um, they just did not match up at all on either side of the line. Um, you know, Wisconsin have, has dudes on, you know, on the offensive line records just could not match up whatsoever. You saw it right from the beginning. They were just, you know, pounding it, pounding it on the ground. Um, you know, look, Rutgers, you know, you know it, it, was, it kept it competitive for a quarter and a, quarter and a half, but, you know, they, they just did not have the firepower to match up with Wisconsin. Right. You know, I wrote this. Wisconsin has been one of the best teams in the Big Ten for years now. They hadn't scored 50 points on a conference opponent in seven years. They are not Remarkable. built yeah. to do this. You know, I, I think what, you know, go back to the third quarter, I think it goes back to that kind of, you know, when a team is up big, everyone, oh, you throw the ball, you're trying to run up the score. In some cases, it's more humane to actually throw the ball. This was one of those cases because Wisconsin was just physically dominating Rutgers that even if they were just running basic run plays into the line, it still was going for big gains. Uh, yeah, it was the only beatdown I've seen on this beat that I think was worse was Ohio State 2018. And that's mainly because I thought Nick Bosa killed Art Sikowski for a moment. <laughs> like that, but you take that play away, it was right up there. Same score, too. Right. So, all right. So this game, for when it was competitive, this, this, the, what, another thing that bothered me in the game. Uh, all right. So, you can say Noah Vigil didn't see a linebacker on the first interception. Wisconsin, of course, cashes in, scores on the short field. They get the ball back and they move down into, into Wisconsin territory, and then it's third and five. <laughs> and uh, you wrote about it in your, in your podcast. I, I, not to say I hated the play call would be, would be, would be the understatement. You hand the ball off, uh, gets two yards, and then it's fourth and three. If you're really playing not to uh, you try to get, try to get in front of that game, try to keep it close – you kicked the field goal there. I, I don't know. I, I mean, it seems like it seems like that was a message that this, that this game was was never going to be competitive. Crash. I mean, you wrote about it in your in your field in your uh, film review that that was that was the statement right there. Yeah, I, I just thought I was intrigued. You know, I, look, I don't disagree, Greg Shiano. He said after the game, you know, the only way they could beat that team was to play with the lead. But you you, def, you defer the kick, kick off, start the game when you could have taken the ball and try to take a lead. You get the interception, every young pick, and I know everyone sticks with their script, but, I mean, Isaiah Pacheco's sweep for the two-yard loss to the wide side of the field was like, you had this, like, that, like what a, you know, that was not a moment. Then you mentioned the interception. I don't know what happened there. It looked to me like Giovanni Haskins just didn't run the route he was supposed to or Noah Vedrill anticipated he was going to run. But then to kind of just kick the field goal there, I mean, all three of those moves in a vacuum, perfectly logical, make football sense. But if you were – so concerned about getting a lead on Wisconsin and playing from ahead. It just didn't seem like there was much urgency to get a lead. Yep. Uh, all right. So now uh, Medro leaves the game at 45 to three. 
I mean, even Greg Shallow admitted he that I, mean, I saw him trot out there before he got hurt. And this is not, not a second guess. I tweeted it as he was getting hurt. Like, why in the world is Noah Vegel still in this game? Uh, he appeared to kick him up woozy. It looked like a concussion. He didn't talk to us after the game, which is a bad sign as, as opposed to, you know, in, in past when he's been hurt, he's still come out there and said, I'm fine. So he doesn't look fine. Um, here's my question for both of you. You take it first, Sarge. If, if, is he going to play number one? And if not, I mean, where, where are we with the next quarterback? I mean, you know, Evan Simon was the first one off the bench in this game. It was Cole Snyder last game. Wimsat made the big throw last game. He didn't play in, in this game. What's, what's the story with the quarterback position right now? I'm half expecting Austin Al- Alvarici to, to uh, yeah, why not, right? uh, sure. press again and, 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 and uh, come back and, and, and become, you know, the, the, the quarterback. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's my, my guess. I, I, I came to speculate. It's Monday. It's a couple of days after. We're going to talk to Greg Shannon later today. Um, so it's really hard to, 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 to say, but I think he'll be in concussion protocol. I mean, it looked like a head injury. Um and I think, you know, it, it, it didn't look good. I mean, Noah has taken a ton of punishment the last four weeks, okay? So, in some ways, I think this might be the accumulation, too, of, of, of you know, a couple of weeks ago, I think he, he might have been dinged as well. So, it all adds up. We've talked about it before. You know, it, it's all a byproduct of the offensive line and him just not him taking some brutal brutal hits the past month um so you know my gut tells me that he's going to be you know it's going to be a wait and see and we're not going to know until later in the week as far as who's the the backup my gut i think probably is cole snyder but you know i i don't know i i I think we're finally in the window of gavin Wimsat. you know i i i would predict or 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 expect it to to see him you know get get a little bit more a dose, heavy dose of it, but you know the whole Simon and and Snyder. I crash can weigh in on this, but the the the, the flip flopping. My my gut tells me that you know that that is close between the two of them, and uh, he wants to uh, give him as much rope as possible. Plus, I you know I don't know if he wants uh, I both of them to, to transfer at the end of the year. So I think he's trying to uh, you know to, to to try to keep them both happy. All right, so the Wimsack question, Cratch, is what is where I'm at with this. I mean, I, okay, you can make a state, you can make a case that he shouldn't have played against that what was happening in that game, which was just non-competitive. Um, he's got to play in this one, right? I would think, I yes. I mean, especially if Vegetal's not available, I think you got to play him. I mean, at this point, it's it's hard because Rutgers is kind of stuck in limbo here because technically they still are in bowl contention, and if you realistically, you can beat Indiana, you can beat Maryland, that's six wins, you're going. If they lose to Indiana and that they go to four and six with Penn State looming, I think at that point you need to be real with yourself and say, okay, we're not going to a bowl game. We need to spend the next two weeks getting Gavin ready to start the finale. That's If I were Rutgers, I would be looking to on-ramp Wimsat to the point where he starts against Maryland because if you're not going to go to a bowl game, the best thing you could do is have that kid start. You beat Maryland. You you know, you, first off, like we'll talk about the crowd at some point, but like the only way they're going to get fannies in the seats the that Saturday after Thanksgiving is if Gavin Wimsat's on the field and they know Gavin Wimsat's on the field. And if you win that game with him, then you got a lot of momentum to go into season, obviously spring practice in the next fall. So I, I agree with you. I think Gavin should play this week. You're, you're within the window now. You don't have to worry about the red shirt ramifications. And I think that if you're not going to a bowl game, you should start to get him ready to start against Maryland. All right, good stuff. We will talk about the crowd in a minute. All right, let's dive into true or false, guys. You know how this works. We have lots of good topics to talk about, and then we'll uh, discuss them all at the end. All right, first one, true or false? 
injuries are too much. Linebackers down, quarterback down. This team won't win again. Cratch, true or false? False. Okay, Sarge? False. All right, I got to tell you, I'm leaning toward true. We'll talk about it at the end. Um, settle down, Pulity. Indiana is bad and Maryland is worse. The bowl is still on the table and we'll be talking about it for the rest of the month. Cratch, true or false? False. False, all right. I think we know what that means for you. Uh, Sarge, true or false? False. False, okay. So you're both not optimistic there. I'll jump you with you on false as well. True or false, Sean Gleason should find a way to feature the tight end more in this offense. That third, third and five play is the one that sticks out in my mind. Cratch, true or false? I'm going to say false. They need to find a way to feature Johnny Langan more on the offense. Okay. Good end. point. Good point. Sarge, true or false? I'll say false. All right. I'm going true because just because Fooch was yelling at Fooch was yelling about this at the Giants game. and he, he, He's right. All right. True or false. See Vivian Stringer will coach a game this season. Cratch, true or false? I will say false. Sarge? False. That's a pretty quick, pretty quick false from Sarge. So that's the direction I'm going to lean in. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, true or false? Rutgers will reach reach the Final Four in field hockey. Cratch, you were hinting at this a moment ago. What's your prediction? True or false? True. Sarge, I'm I'm starting. I'm I'm renting the the, the caravan to go to uh, Ann Arbor. So the, the answer is true. And Politi will be there. Cratch will be there. Fine. I'll be there in a Gianna Glatz jersey. My new favorite Rutgers. That's a great name. True. Absolutely. They will be in the final four. All right. Harder one. More teams. More competition. Rutgers will reach the final four in women's soccer. Crash. True or false? I'm going to say false. All right. Uh, Sarge? I'm going to say true. Yeah, I'm going true, too. Ye of little faith. True for women's soccer. They won the Big Ten. They only lost one game in 19 tries in the Big Ten. All right. Uh, and the bigger prediction, Rutgers will win a natty in one of those two sports. Cratch, is this it? Is this finally the national championship for, for Rutgers, true or false? Uh, I will say false. Oh, okay. Sarge? True. Well, wow. Okay. Uh, I'm going to uh, go close, but not no cigar, false as well. All right. Uh, and finally, the men's hoops team will make the NCAA tournament, and they won't sweat it on Selection Sunday. Cratch, where do you stand on this one, true or false? I will say true. Wow, okay. Sarge? Will not be a bubble team, true. Wow, I'm going to go false. I think that's, it's, just, it's just the way this Big Ten is, it's going to be, they'll still be wondering uh, on Selection Sunday. All right, so um, <laughs> I think we should go to the C-Viv question because your answer, your answer was pretty quick there, Sarge. I mean, what, what's your sense with, 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 with what's going on there? We're taping this podcast, and we're a day away from um, the start of the season. She has not coached at all since April. She can't have contact with the team, Steve, uh, because of NCAA rules. You can only have four coaches and right. coaching, the head coach plus three assistants. And if she was to have contact, like, you know, some people have asked, well, can't you just do a Zoom and, like, you know, you know, then put like a like a video camera and let her watch it from from her from her home. No, because that would be an NCAA violation. Um, so the fact that she has not been around since April, the fact that the majority of this team were all come, came from the transfer portal who all arrived in like June and July. They have not. They don't even know her. That's like I mean, it's it's mind boggling to even say that they they obviously know her. She's a legend, but. You know, maybe some of them might have come to Rutgers because of her her legendary status, 
but they don't know her. So yeah. we're yeah. a day away. She's not coaching. I, I could, I could, you know, it seems near certain that she's not coaching the opener. And if she's not coaching the opener, I hate to say it, but you know, you know, if, if her big concern is COVID, um, you know, our, our numbers are a lot better. Even if you do mass, you know, and, and, and like it's not. I cannot see over the next four months her, her getting over this this uh, you know hurdle in her mind that to to coach. Um, I, I I just don't see her coaching this season. Do we know that's what it is? That's <laughs> any are we certain that it's because because of her? Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to speculate that, that that is anything beyond what she said. You know, so. Right. Um, but has she said? I mean, has she said it? It's been. It's just oh, people bizarre. people right. people have been on the record saying it. So okay, you know, right. Jimmy right. And, uh, stood up there at the at the podium in Indianapolis and and, and said it. So um, he said it to, to to me in a subsequent interview. So right. I mean, right. I don't have any reason to, to to think that it's anything other than her apprehension you know and and again I've, I've i've said this before she has a a daughter who who has spinal meningitis who who is you know susceptible to 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 illnesses and you know she's you know in her 70s and you know so I, again i'm not going to speculate if, that, if that's what she says then i'm you know at, at this point and unless i had uh, more concrete information i'm just going to leave it at that sort of unprecedented all right um cratch let's uh, go through some more of these here uh the injury situation what we what do we exp- you know by the end of the game there were there were a lot of guys out i mean i don't I think oh three left the mm-hmm. game i mean i, I don't the, yeah. the linebacking core was sort of unrecognizable from where they started i mean what wh- who do you think they're going to get back at this point is any idea i don't we're not going to see krushank again i think that's pretty clear but other other than that yeah. I mean, what, what are we looking at yeah i mean oh three you know they didn't announce any injury i watched the game tape it looked to me like you know it's, I'm not a doctor, obviously. I'm not going to pull the you know that thing, but it looked to me like he was grabbing the back of his right leg, you know, which kind of in the vicinity of a hamstring. And we all know, like you know, hamstrings can be something that guys bounce off, you know, get over in a week. It can linger for a while, so that could be a real serious injury. Obviously, a tough blow. You know, Troy Rainey, I think he returned the game, but he was dinged up. You know, Julius guys like Julius Turner have taken a beating. Uh, you know, Noah Vedral, obviously, we'll see what happens with him. Uh, there's a lot of injury concerns. And look, go back to last season where they got to the Nebraska game. They just were like running on fumes. That has to be a concern again, I think, going into the last few weeks. Uh, all right. Um, let's see what else we got here. So let's talk men's hoops for a minute. So you guys both think you, are, you're, you think that this is going to be a comfortable cruising in six seed, seven seed, not worrying about it in, in late February, March. I mean, it's going to be – <laughs> is this going to be easy for you guys? You know, I was a little apprehensive to say true. Um, just because as we've talked about, like I just, I know Steve Peigel has told everyone this is the best team he's had, but I keep on saying there's no Jacob Young, there's no Miles Johnson. Like how can that be possible? But I do think like it, all there have been all reports have been that Ron Harper's had a really good preseason. If Ron Harper can be the guy he was early in the year, the entire year, that kind of changes the complexion of things. If Geo is healthier and is more productive, you know, in terms of scoring, if Paul Mulcahy takes a big step forward, if Cliff takes a big step forward, yeah, I think this is a team that, you know, I don't think they're gonna be a top four seed, but I think they're but you know, the other thing too is I know we harp on the non-conference schedule all the time. They're going to rack up wins there. 
Like right. if you rack yeah. up enough wins there and you can win eight to 10 Big Ten games, you're going to be comfortably in the field. Right. Yeah. Uh, I guess, sorry, we, we, talk, we talk about Harper a lot. Um, you know, he was great early on and then he had that, you know, the best way to describe it, uh, just three, four or five week period where you're wondering what happened to him. Um, he looks great in practice. Uh, Big Ten defenses handle him different than, than, than other teams. They know they know him. They're familiar with him. And do you think he's going to be the first, time, first team Big Ten all, all, you know, star that this team needs? I do. I mean, again, by all accounts, I mean, every, everyone has said that he has had a tremendous preseason. Um, and again, I, I think that uh, Crash is right. I think Geo Baker is, 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 is going to make a leap as well. Um, and then the rack. I mean, that's more of a known, uh, you know, quantity. You know, they're, true, you know, they're selling that yep. games. That's the, you know, last year, you know, and you know, they didn't have the uh, the opportunity to to use uh, the rack to its advantage. That's one of their great weapons as a program. Uh, so they're going to be way more of a uh, powerhouse. You know, at home, uh, Steve Peichel. You know, and conversely, you know, they're going to be facing more t- uh, difficult road environments than they did a year ago. But you know, I, I think if they can uh, win, win, you know, four or five games on the road and then do what, take care of business at home, they're, they're, they're going to win a lot of games. It feels like it's going to be a it chills down your spine kind of moment on, on Wednesday when they lift that banner. Crowd hadn't been there in a year uh, against Lehigh. You know, it's going to be a fun – I think that's going to be a fun moment. I'll tell you guys something. So, obviously, Sunday I was bouncing back and forth between field hockey and Jersey Mike's Arena. I, only, I think I only called up the rack once on Sunday, wow. so I was pretty proud of myself for that. Um, wrestling Connor O'Neill had a big comeback against Cleveland state. It was really cool to be there and to feel that place rock for the first time. And, and look, yeah. it's only 3000 people. It's a rest. It's a sleepy season opening quad. Like the place had came alive for the first time in a long time. And it was really cool. And I can only imagine what it's going to be like on Wednesday when there's 8,000 people there and they unfurl that banner and all that. Can't wait. It's going to be fun. Uh, all right, guys, we'll talk more football predictions at the end here, but let's dive into the uh, insider questions. Thanks to everyone, as always, for being a Rutgers insider, getting our text messages, even if they haven't been happy lately. Uh, all right, the first question, and it's, it's a broad one. It's a good one. It's a fair one. Have we created unrealistic expectations for the football program? It takes time to create a winning program. And, uh, you know, I, I'll admit, I, I, I slapped them around pretty hard after that game. You know, I, I, I criticized Greg Schiano for if you're going to tell fans to come out to the game, you've got to put a product on the field that makes them want to stay. I mean, it was just, uh, it was not, it was not a good program. I, I, I guess what I will say, guys, and tell me if you agree, uh, my expectations, I don't think are too high, but my expectations are they're not going to, they're not going to be down 45 to three against a, you know, a middling Wisconsin offense uh, at home. I mean, I just, I just expected them to be better than that. And that's a fair expectation. Tell me how you feel. I think the COVID year kind of complicated the expectations. You know, Greg has kind of said that uh, we've said that I, I always thought he was right about that. I think that it's very clear that last year COVID was the, was the feature of their success, not a bug as part of their success. As far as expectations, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know if they've been unrealistic. I mean, I think the expectation, my expectation for this team has been if you get into a game and you're competitive and, and you don't win, like at Michigan, I think Michigan's a perfect example. They could have beaten Michigan. I think it's fair to criticize them for decisions or things they did in the game because they could have beaten Michigan. That doesn't right. mean that they should have beaten Michigan. I, th- I think it's fair like to take it. I think the best way to approach this team is go week by week. If you're in the game in the fourth quarter, you should 
try to win it, expect to win it. If you're not, you're not. Um, you know, but again, like I, I think the, it's kind of weird. It's like, I feel like last year, when they had the losses to Illinois and Michigan, the fan base was very angry that people like us were criticizing the team for not winning those games. But then at the end of the year, the fan base put the bowl expectation on the team when I think the media and the program was not putting a bowl expectation on the team. So it's kind of going back and forth. I think it's all over the place. It's very dramatic. I mean, at some point, I think it just has to be an even keel approach. There are going to be more days like this. There are also going to be days where you're in the big house with a chance to take the lead against Michigan in the fourth quarter. It's just going to be up and down. You got even keel. But right now the fan base has these big dramatic swings to the left and to the right. Right. Yeah. I guess it'd be easier if they got one of these other teams, get these all the time. I mean, you know, Purdue takes down a Michigan state. I get it. Purdue's better, but you know what I'm saying? Other teams, Illinois beat Penn state, for example. Uh, if you can get one of these occasionally, it takes, it takes a lot of the sting off. Sorry. It takes a lot of the sting off 52-3 to Wisconsin. If you had beaten a decent team, Right. And they did yeah. that last year. They beat Michigan State last year. Definitely. And I, I, you know, I think you, you wrote about it. Like, you know, recruiting is on the upswing. So he's going to need, need, need a couple of years to, to bring in his own recruits. If you go back to um, a year ago, you know, we were saying, look, uh, you know, it's going to be a long haul. Like Chris Ashley's recruiting was not good and that he was inheriting, you know, not, not uh, you know, <laughs> you know, you know, recruiting classes that, that were, you know, ranked, you know, in the bottom, you know, three or four of the big 10. So, um, you know, I, the one thing I will say is they did have a lot of guys back from a year ago. So from the expectation standpoint, um, you, you, you could have said, well, they had, you know, 20 or 22 starters, you know, they almost the entire defense back, but, but, you know, at the same time, um, you know, we talked about this before depth, they clearly do not have uh, you know depth. Uh, if you if you if you look at the story of the story season is going to be you know the injuries have taken their toll and you know it's a Big Ten that you know there's this is going to be a continuing theme for for many many years until they until he can recruit to the level of not just having you know Big Ten quality starters but you know Big Ten quality depth you know to, to kind of deal with you know injuries because guess what they're going to happen. Right, right. Uh, right. Thing I would say. Oh, um, it's kind of crazy. I, I think Chris Ash kind of struggled with it. And now Greg Ciano, maybe in a small way, is starting to struggle with it. You know, Steve Peichel, when he was building the basketball program, he kept delivering moments. He would beat Seton Hall, right. he'd beat yep. Ohio State when they were ranked. He would win at Iowa. He, and the football team just hasn't been able to get those moments yet. The moments I think are important in, when you're going through a lengthy rebuild because it, it gives people a sense of hope. It's, it's not faith without results. It's a sign of, hey, we're doing something here. And look, moments don't necessarily mean it's going to work out. I mean, Eddie Jordan beat Wisconsin there in number four, and then they lost like 15 straight games, you know. Yeah. But it's, I think that's the one thing, and it would have been, you know, Michigan could have been a moment on the way – the rebuild's still going to be hard, but that would have been a moment that people could have gone back to. I look at, you know, South Carolina. It's going to take a long time for Shane Beamer to get that program back to where it was. He's got a moment in his back pocket now because Florida showed up and was a complete disarray, and they took advantage of it. He's got that moment he can go back to. So I think that's the big key. Not going to happen this year probably, but next season, even if they struggle again, I think next year they've got to get a moment. I don't know what that moment is. It could be beating – Boston College on the road in the opener. It could be upsetting Michigan, you know, at home, beating Penn State at home. They've got to get that first moment, I think, that will give a lot of people kind of a, a break and kind of maybe eat, 
increase the patience in the fan base that this is going to work out. I love you dropping into faith with, faith without results. A little ashism in there. You think I wasn't going to notice that? Love it. Love it. All right. Next question uh, from Dave Melman, fan of the pod. Um, you spend quite a bit of time talking to your readers about the perseverance and just hanging in there as a perennial bedraggled fan. Shannon has done that recently too. I get it. Seems to me the real key is turning things around. It's not so much the fans, but rather ensuring the mood of recruits does not change. If we upgrade the talent level, uh, Dave wants to know, you know, what, you know, what is the current mood with the recruits? And it looks like, I mean, they got another big one on, on, on Saturday, uh, a career price. I think his name Syracuse can decommit. Um, Overall, we haven't seen that a lot of decommits at this point. Good sign, I guess, Sarge. Yeah, I, you know, Graciano. When we talk to him, every time we talk to him, they, he always says that they're, they, they're honest with the recruits and they and, and and they don't want them to, you know, look at the results and and, and necessarily panic. Um, and and Kratz has brought this up before too, like you know the 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 age old, uh, you know, coaching, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know if they do get blown out, the door's blown off, well, come uh, come here, and that means that there's going to be early playing time for you, you know, that, that there's going to be opportunity to, opportunities to uh, play, you know, sooner rather than later and, and come and, and, and try to help us out. So it seems like uh, they've done a good job, uh, you know, as far as stabilizing the ship, at, you know, at this point. You know, we still have a couple more weeks, but remember, you know the uh, the early signing period. That's when the bulk of the recruiting class um, uh, arrives. So I mean, it, it, I I think if you know we we have a pretty good indication that you know he's going to be able to hold on to this recruiting class. And the best recruits already on the um, in the program, so that helps. Uh, all right, another good one here. What percentage of snaps Saturday would you give Wimps at if Vedral is playing, and what percentage would you give him if Vedral is not playing? Uh, okay, let's let's take both Cratch. I mean. If Vedral's playing and it's a close game, I, I guess we're going to see less. But if he's not, I mean, what do you think? If Vedral's playing, I would try to at least get Gavin maybe two series before halftime and then reassess. If Vedral's not playing, I would probably go 50-50, you know, or 33-33-33. You know, I think the, the, big, the big thing that's going to be tough is that, like, it's one thing for Greg Shiano to say that Snyder and Simon are even and they've got different scenarios and be cute with everything – when they've just been in a current situation, like he's going to have to, like someone is going to have to go on the field first, the quarterback, unless they go with the two quarterback off and, you know, they dip into the Princeton playbook. So I think that's also going to determine of, okay, like this is kind of the moment of truth here. Who is the actual quarterback or are they that even? So uh, look, I I think you got to get, you got to get Gavin on the field, no matter what on Saturday and then go from there. And if it's a blowout, if you're, if you're losing big at halftime, Gavin should play the entire second half. Alex DeMarbro wants to know, I don't believe it's an overreaction to say every player who played significant time last season has regressed to some extent the season besides 03 Bowen Corsack. Do you agree? What do you make of this? Is there a de- de- developmental issue? Uh, you take this one, Sarge. I mean, I, it, that's, it's hard to say every player, but, uh, you know, there have been a lot of them. It's a fair question. It really is. I, I, I didn't really think about it, but you know, Lang has uh, got, gotten better at what he does. So he's developed a tight end. Uh, but you know, yeah, I mean, the offensive line has clearly regressed. If you want to, you know, not not go, you know, each player on the offensive line, defensive line hasn't been as good. Um, you know, they have not looked anywhere near Big Ten, you know, level on the defensive line or, or the offensive line. So, yeah, I mean, it's a complete is it a development issue. It's hard to say. Um, but it's a fair question. 
right. I love this one from Jamie because it's an old school dig deep into the archives question. Uh, Dan Mullen has been in the news lately as he's clearly on the hot seat in Florida. How serious a candidate was Dan Mullen to take the Rutgers job after Kyle Flood's death spiral? And if he'd actually taken the job, how do you think the trajectory of the program would have changed? Sarge is waving yeah. his hand at me here. Uh, why do you take that one then, Big Yeah, he, I, a serious candidate, I, they, they sniffed around. They clearly did. Um, you know, the, the, the Dan Mullen camp. Um, I, I think he's from Pennsylvania, right, Cratch? You know, I, I think Dan He's from Dan Pennsylvania, Mullen. and I think he coached at, like, New Hampshire or something. Yeah, know. so he has some Northeast roots. Uh, they clearly sniffed around, but um, Rutgers, you know, at that point did not – was not going to he – was, he was looking for four million or, or, or so, and he was not, you know, Greg Ciano, you know, and this was – the the previous cycle too remember uh so it was, it was the chris ash uh you know cycle but they still want to go cheap they weren't ready to go too. they, they were, were ready not to ready to go to go the, what, what dan mullen was going to take but he clearly his camp i uh, was clearly uh you know sniffing around to, to see if so it, was dan, it, was, it wasn't mutual yeah yeah mullen uh drexel hill pennsylvania native went to your sinus and wagner started his career college coaching career at wagner columbia syracuse so you know i think that if they had somehow hired dan mullen the program would be really good he would yeah. not have been chris ash no he i would. completely I, agree i yeah. think dan mullen look i think dan mullen is a little bit has was a buffoon last year um, you know, with the COVID stuff and all the antics they pulled to Florida. Uh, I think he's a guy who wants desperately to go to the NFL. And I think the NFL is kind of like, oh, I don't know about this with this guy. But I will say this. I think that he is the third best coach in the history of Florida football. And he is kind of proving that Florida football is got in many ways, a fan base that's as delusional as Tennessee or Nebraska. Cause if you take away the urban years and the spur years, they're not that good. This guy is the third best coach in the history of Florida football, and they want to run him out of town. I think that team has quit on him. Obviously, it's gone sour, but I think it just is more indicative, not so much of him as a coach, of, but as Florida is a place where unless you are a Hall of Famer who revolutionizes the sport, you're not going to win like at a Death Star rate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think Dan Mullen would have won big here. <laughs> All right, a few more. And Sorry if I missed you. We had about – uh, 60 this week, which was a great, great number of questions. But two, quite two part question from Joe and Neptune. One, isn't it a good thing that we're upset at four wins this far into the season? If this was 2017, I feel like people would be think would think we were turning the corner playing into that Two, assuming we're five and seven heading into Maryland. How full do you see the stadium being? Uh, well, the second part after what happened uh, against Wisconsin uh, and with the ticket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Sorry. I mean, yeah, I think it's going to be full. No, no, yeah, not, not yeah. going to be good. Well, they are StubHub. It, you know, uh, is, is giving uh, complimentary tickets out to to basically you know anyone uh, yeah. based on what the debacle that was. That was the, terrible. That, that really line was, was insane, and it was you know mid first quarter. So I can't even blame the fans for for the you know good uh, majority of fans for for not uh, getting into the seats. But yeah. l- listen, Rutgers has a home stadium problem. Um, you know, from, you know, they've lost 19 straight Big Ten games, you know, at, you, know, at, you know, at home. So you talk about some of the moments, and one thing I would argue with Cratch, you know, 
on the moment thing. Um, and he's right that Teichel has some moments, but you know, the Michigan State game, you know, a, you know, a year ago, the you know, the Purdue win, um, you know, that that you know, again, these are last year, COVID year, I guess you're you know, you're gonna take it, but even this year, you know, three and oh non conference and, and winning at Syracuse, winning two weeks ago at Illinois, they've gotten some nice wins on the road, Syracuse on the road and, 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 uh, you know, Illinois on the road, Michigan state on the road last year, but they, they are not playing, you know, they, they, they don't win at home, you know, against big 10 opponents. It's been since no, uh, since November, uh, of, uh, 2017 was the last time Maryland in, in, in 20, in November, 2017 was the last time. So they have a home problem. And that, and that's, and that is a, obviously that's, that's, that's key. You want to have a good home field advantage and if you, if the fans keep on getting performances like that. It's going to be hard to imagine. And, and remember the students won't be there after Thanksgiving either, because uh, they'll all be, uh, be gone for the long weekend. All right. Uh, one funny one. Can Meredith uh, Civico join this football staff as a recruiting coordinator? I, I chuckled. Uh, and this, let's take this one last one, Cratch. Uh, why wasn't a bigger deal made about players we were missing on the D-line, Mike Tavernoff, for one? To me, it really is a matter of lack of depth, exposing the difference between the top-tier Big Ten teams and Rutgers. Don't you agree? Uh, Tavernoff suspended one week after Lewis was suspended. Um, yeah, I mean... They don't have they don't have a great defensive line. It's a good no, great point. No, they don't. I mean, I mean, I guess if you want to look at silver line at it, you know, Keontae Hamilton and Wesley Bailey got a lot of snaps that you weren't expecting them to get. You know, maybe those are you know, I, going back to the developmental point. You know, in some ways, I think that the COVID year guys, the fifth and sixth year seniors, like they are what they are. And maybe they're regressing back to the mean. And maybe the focus is going to be next year. Okay, these young guys like Hamilton, Bailey, Troy Rainey, Holland Pierce. Like maybe that's – I think that's the true developmental acid test for this coaching staff is what do those guys look like next year. But, no, defensive line is an area where, like, you know, they need bodies up front on both sides of the line. And that's something that's going to – you got to – you can't – immediately recruit your way out of that this is a three four year five six seven year process so okay chris, chris ash. ash yeah it's two, the second time he's done that he just, slipped it in. he just slipped it in i'm standing in kansas and 115 degrees Listen hey b- big win big win for the jags yesterday it was yeah it was exciting nine six over uh, the bills wow uh, all right thanks everyone for the questions i'm sorry we didn't get to them all this week but uh we'll do our best each week we can all right indiana preview guys um I watched, unfortunately, I watched some of that game against Penn State. Indiana is not good. Uh, is Michael Penix Jr. back for this game, though? That would certainly change things. What do we he know about has, that? Uh, he was quoted last week as saying that he intends to play again this season. They've got three games left. Don't know if that means he's going to play this week or a week in the future, but he has said he intends to play again this year. Right. Is this a situation where Indiana has um, – it's just kicking the can. They're done with it. They're they're folding the tent. They're done. What do what do we think with the with where the Hoosiers look? It's sort of certainly a disappointing year for them. Very disappointing year. I I didn't think they were gonna match what they did last year coming into the year, but I, I still thought they'd be like a seven and five, eight and four team. Uh, they've really bottomed out. A lot of injuries. A lot of issues. I, you know, I just – I can't pick this Rutgers team right now with all the injuries and the fact that the offense has been so impotent yeah, in Big yeah. Ten play. You know, I just think – you know, and look, Indiana's a team with a well-coached – and this is a big moment for them. I mean, they, like, they're, they're not – they have a losing season. It's very disappointing with all the expectations they entered the year, being in the top 25. But 
you don't want it to completely unravel. And I think this is a situation where you need to beat Rutgers at home to kind of, you know, save some dignity and move forward and try to get, get over this blip on the radar. So uh, I think the line was like eight and a half or something. I'm not, was it eight and a half? Wow. Wait, I thought six and a half. Hang Maybe on. Six, six and a half, eight and a half. I, uh, I was doing so much yesterday. I didn't really dig into it. Right. Uh, yeah. I think Indiana will win, you know, 27 to 13 or something like that. All right. So you're picking a cover regardless. I'm going to get the line here. What do you think? Where do you think this is going? Sarge, as I dig up the line, Indiana Rutgers line. Yeah, I I think Indiana's going to win. I, I I think just both. Li- I mean, Indiana's uh, you know ahead of Rutgers from from a recruiting standpoint. They developed, um, and again, I know they're injured and everything. There's questions, you know, at, at quarterback, but yeah, they've always run the ball historically well against uh, you know against Rutgers. I think that they're going to try to pound them, and you know, they, the the one thing that concerns me is the you know the unknown at quarterback, you know, and and if Noah Vegel can't play. You know, I think it might be, you know, we're going to see a heavy dose of, of Gavin Winsat. I don't know if he's uh, ready to, to, to win a game at this point. Right. Um, I think it'll be close. Uh, whatever, whatever the line is, I, yeah, I think it's going to be close. So, you know, if it's six or eight or whatever, I think Rutgers is going to cover. So I'm going to say 2017. Okay, 27 steps, so that would be a cover. Um, yeah, I uh, I feel the same way as Kratz does. Um, you know, thinking, again, I keep on thinking back to the last time we were there, which um, wasn't wasn't our fav- favorite day. That was the Chris Ash lightning delay game, right? Was no, it was no, no, it was, was the, it? Uh, it was the Johnny Langan Nunzio Campanelli one one yard passing game. Oh, that's right. That's where right. where so Indiana I, scored like 10 <laughs> seconds into the game on a fumble recovery. I didn't make that trip. Did I make that trip? I don't remember. They all blended in. I just remember being there. It was like the nicest press conference room I've ever seen on the road. It was like this big, like big bay windows and like airy and like they had like nice tables. I just remember like Nunzio being like, I can't believe like we we threw for one passing yard. And like the press conference goes on and like three three questions in, like Nunzio is like still shaking his head like, oh my God, we threw for one yard. That's right. I think I was there. Okay. Uh, all right. Yeah, I'm going to pick a, an easy Indiana win, 30 to 30 to 14. I, I just uh, don't like what I'm seeing right now. I'm going to need to see a good performance before I believe in this team again. Um, uh, and, uh, yeah, that, that's that's just kind of where I'm at. All right, what else do we got here? You know, I want to mention at the end of this, I want to mention a shout-out to J.P. DeMauro, fan of the podcast running the New York Marathon after losing, I think he lost a Sarge in weight. I don't think he lost a crash. I wrote about him. I, I wrote about him a couple of years ago. Yeah. I, I had a tailgate lost, like about, about how much Google. Yeah. yeah. Tremendous job. Amazing. Good for him. I, I didn't see his time, but obviously since I couldn't run the point two of the 26.2, it doesn't matter what you're running in if you finish. So congratulations to him. We talked about field hockey. You want to talk about wrestling? How do we you know what, what, can I, can I talk about Jersey Mike's? Uh, that, oh, of course. Yeah, yes. That was on my list. Week. Uh, so yeah, they you know so obviously you know we, we we reported you know about a month ago uh, that that it was going to be a twenty year deal worth twenty eight million. We got the contract. A big key to that contract, folks, is there's an out, uh, opt out um, for Jersey Mike's um, you know after twenty eight twenty nine nine or yeah I guess going into twenty uh, uh, twenty twenty nine that if Rutgers does not have either a new basketball arena. Or a, a a substantially renovated basketball arena, they can opt out of the deal. 
Now, some people have said, well, I mean, come on, like, you know, you know, at that point, uh, you know, Rutgers will only get, you know, you know, it's 1.4 million a year. Are they really going to, you know, you know, cave to that, to that pressure? No, not necessarily, but, you know, it is interesting to see where, where, where the school administration is is looking. I mean, clearly there's going to be the ACOM report. We're going to see them facilities master plan soon. And, it's not just the, the the Death Star that they're 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 focused on right now. They are focused on you know doing you know a lot of changes to the rack. Um, and when we talk about changes, we can talk about this. We dedicate a whole podcast to this, like what what we, we expect to see. But um, you know, from from uh, you know, I think it, they're not just going to you know add you know three thousand, four thousand seats to make it a you know a twelve thousand seat arena. I think. They're still going to be, you know, in the, you know, 8,000 to 9,000 range, you know, from a seating capacity. But I think they really want to have a lot of premium seating. Um, yeah, think Villanova Pavilion, that type of, you know, what they did where maybe you lose some of the student section, but you make it, you know, you know, completely all the way around where you can, you know, walk the entire, um, you know, arena. I think you're, you're going to see a lot more premium seating, you know, go- going forward. What about a hockey rink? Oh boy! Oh, uh, you know what? I, I I got one of those emails. I I got and probably had the same text message and DM as you did. But look, I mean, I I'll revert back to the uh, Pat Hobbs. Uh, you know what? What he always says. You know, Penn State uh, was able to do their the, the, theirs with a two hundred million dollar donation. So, yeah, if we see a two hundred million dollar donation, you know, uh, come you know Rutgers away because again we've talked about this before. But it's not just having a men's hockey team, but you know, it's you you'd have to add a a, a women's hockey hockey team as well. So um, $200 million donation. And I think uh, then we're going to see some ice hockey. That's well, going to be fascinating. Yeah. Well, Sarge, you, you probably would know, like, could they do men's ice hockey and women's wrestling? Could they offset that? Or is it head, yes. uh, hockey's a headcount sport, so you probably can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I'd have to dig in uh, deeper on that, but um, yeah, I don't know. New basketball arena, I tell you. There's something to look forward to. Right after the football Death Star, there'll be like a billion dollars in buildings right there. In oh, I mean, look, I mean, Ooh. a lot of fans were, were, were throwing it out, like, and joking about it. I know we've joked about it, you know, internally. Might as well just throw it out there. But, you know, if if somehow, some way, we're sitting in, in like two or three years and they're, they're, they're like breaking ground on the basketball arena and they haven't done anything with the football arena, I mean, we're going to see, you know, a brand new football coach. That's not going to happen. That's not, let me just, let me just say that, that, that I'd sooner, I'd sooner be the athletic director than that would happen. But just to be pretty clear that it be, uh, uh-huh. Uh, I don't think we're going to get to that folks. Yeah. Uh, I don't think so. I think their priority is, is, is you know, the packing order is, is football practice facility. But I think, right. again, it is interesting to see where they're thinking. They're thinking big. They, they, they do want to address uh, you know, some of the, uh, the um, you know, the rack, um, you know, just being old and not having any premium seating. Can we start the renovation? Maybe just a coat of paint. Could they just get that? I mean, it was there at the other day. You look out the window at the beautiful. It's a trapezoid of terror. It's like the love shack. The tin roof is rusting at the rack. I mean, come on. Just can we just get some rust-oleum at the rack, maybe? Is that too much to ask? A little, a little white paint? All right, Cratch, final word for you. Anything? Uh, that's it. I think I'm – well, What about wrestling? How do they look? 
Yeah. Hey, it looks great. You know, open, season opening quad meet, you know, Cleveland State, Binghamton, NJCU, uh, handled them all easily. Looks like the, th- the big thing is they're they look stronger than ever in the upper weights. Jackson Turley, John Posansky, obviously, Greg Bullsack, 197. He's an all-American type kid, transfer from Clarion. And then Boone McDermott, you know, Iowa guy, former junior college national champion, quickly becoming a fan favorite. When you got a big guy with a mullet who pins people and people can scream Boone in the building, uh, you know, that, that kind of works out for the New Jersey crowd. So they look good. Scott Goodell thinks this could be his best team ever. And if you look on paper, they could have five, six All-Americans. They could have all, you know, nine, ten guys get to the national tournament. They just got to kind of make good on these expectations now. All right. We'll talk about that more next week. Fellas, signing off from the Gianna Glatz bandwagon, Steve Flutie, James Cratch. Thanks to DevCo, Keith Sargent, everybody. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Rutgers Rant. To participate in the conversation and receive live updates about the Scarlet Knights directly to your phone, sign up at nj.com slash insider.